you're just tuning into the show for the first time, maybe the first couple of times, and you're wondering, why do these guys just get together at the beginning of the show? They don't announce themselves. They don't say who they are. They don't say what this show even is. They just pop in here with this lounge music on and just yammer about nothing. Maybe about the Hornets, sometimes not. Well, this is the Locked On Hornets Lounge. This is where we relax, take a breath, maybe wait for our co-host to call in. That was a tough one last night. I am going to see Star Wars tonight to cleanse my palate, but I don't know if I'll see a bigger explosion in in tonight's featured presentation than I did last night at the end of the first quarter going into the second quarter. The Houston Rockets are majestic. They are beautiful. They are playing the game in a different kind of way. Even, I think, it's it's even uh, stranger than when we first saw the Golden State Warriors reinvent the game a little bit. I think the, the this is this is the team that Daryl Morey envisioned when he came up with Morey Ball. This is the the final evolution, the final manifestation of Morey Ball, and it was put on full display. But I am going to see Star Wars tonight, so seriously, no spoilers. I've at this point I have managed to stay away from any spoilers. So I'm going to be very limited with my social media this morning. I want to try to... And I don't watch trailers, by the way, anymore. Everybody gets excited about the trailers? Not me. No, sir. No, ma'am. Why? Because trailers... Nowadays, trailers lie to you. It used to be trailers would reveal the entire movie. That wasn't so great. You could watch a trailer. It would be a 10-minute trailer. And you'd have the movie pretty much now. And then they got shorter and shorter and shorter. And then someone realized, hey, let's just put a bunch of the stuff that we didn't use in the film that taken out of context would make this movie seem very exciting. So I saw one trailer and I don't believe that any of that footage is in the movie. Trailers lie. We don't. We talk about Hornets and we tell the truth. Let's get started. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. We're coming to you live on YouTube, live on Twitter. We're trying that out, so if uh, hopefully it's on. Hopefully you're seeing us there on twitter.com forward slash Locked On Hornets. I'm your host, Doug Branson. I cover the Hornets for Fan Rag Sports. And uh, we've got a fantastic new website, by the way, LockedOnHornets.com in association with our friends from Fan Rag Sports. So please check that out. Nick Denning, who's who comes on this show often, uh, is doing our buzzworthy column. He's keeping you up to date with everything that you need to know about the Charlotte Hornets. Links, uh, stuff that uh, you you really uh, want to check out there on LockedOnHornets.com. Also, this episode is brought to you by my bookie. 
MyBookie.ag is the website. It's the place to go for serious sports bettors. We're going to tell you more about it here in a moment and a special offer from MyBookie, so you want to stick around for that. Also, we've got T-shirts, T-shirts on tpublic.com. You can still get some T-shirts, some mugs, uh, some sweaters that help support this show, and you can get them in time for Christmas, so buy one for yourself. Treat yourself this Christmas to a, to a gift uh, that will go to help support this show. Okay, let's uh, let's dig into this thing. Let's dig into this uh, game against the Rockets. The Hornets losing 108-96, and that ding means that my friend, my co-host David Walker, has joined us. What's up, guys? You were you were considering skipping this show. I feel like that's. I just decided to catch up on a few of those late game threes, and they finally hit some. So then I was going to tune in. I feel like you you seriously were like, I don't I don't know if I can talk about the, what I saw. What's there to What's there to talk about? There's so lots to talk try. about. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Always good. You you want to you want to come on and say, listen, there's nothing to talk about. Just walk away. Uh, close your computer screens. No, just there's go plenty. Back to sleep. There's plenty to talk about. Uh, from this game, but the Hornets do lose 108-96. They fall to 10-17 and on the season, 2 of 11 on the road. This, look, you can't take a lot away from this game in terms of, you know, what does it mean in terms of wins and losses, and, you know, is this going to signal something for the future for the Hornets? Because the Rockets are an amazing offensive team. Like this is not this is not a unique performance by the Houston Rockets. They they came in on a 10 and 0 win streak since Chris Paul's return. They've been outscoring opponents by more than 17 points per game. So you, you sort of saw this coming. But at the same time, David, they got worked so early and so thoroughly that it 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 almost felt worse than if they had sort of hung in there made some runs, and then in the third quarter, you know, the Houston Rockets would have put on this blitz. But the blitz was coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It definitely felt worse, man. And I can't believe we didn't touch on this yesterday, but the biggest fear that you had to have going into this game was once the bench unit came in, everything would go to hell. And wow, did it really. I mean, the, the bench of the Houston Rockets, they weren't even going. They weren't even getting going yet in that 25 to, to, to nothing run. And then they really poured it on. I mean, Watching uh, the bench unit for the Hornets try and keep up with the likes of Eric Gordon, Chris Paul at times, even P.J. Tucker, Ryan. I mean, it was just way too much, and uh, the Hornets were ill-equipped to deal with it, man. Well, that's just it, David. The the Rockets can keep either Chris Paul or James Harden on the floor at all times. Harden barely played. Harlan Barry played. Yeah, because I feel like every time he was on the bench. And Chris uh, Chris Paul is playing so well right now. I was looking at some of his per thirty six numbers since his return, and it's near twenty four and eighteen. I think twenty four points per game, eighteen assists. So he's playing on another level, and he gets to play with that bench unit. And that's the thing. Like even when the the Rockets go to their second unit, they still have a lot of three point shooting. When, when the Hornets go to their second unit, they have even less three-point shooting, even less ball movement. And on top of that, at the end of that first quarter going into the second quarter, they weren't making layups either. And you saw the Rockets, 
what they can do because they are so fast, they are so effective with their shooting and effective with their transition game that the Hornets missed layups might as well, might have, might as well have been, I got it, <laughs> might as well have been half-court turnovers. You have, to, you have to make your layups. You have to hit your bunnies against a team like the Rockets because they are so effective at getting into transition, and the Hornets did not do a good enough job at all of getting back and getting on these shooters at the end of the first quarter because they started the game so well. That's that's part of what was disheartening about this game. They started so well, and you thought, oh, maybe. Maybe they can be competitive. But the run came early, and the Hornets could not recover. This is the other thing that this game did worry me in a sense in terms of the future in that the Hornets, after giving you a what Kimba Walker called a glimpse of what they could be against Oklahoma City, over 50% from beyond the arc, that probably wasn't sustainable, but they took you know more than 25 three-point attempts. They looked for a second like a modern NBA offense, and then everything regressed against the Houston Rockets and when you when you got to see these t- two teams side by side I think it really highlighted the difference in in offensive approaches in Charlotte and in Houston. Houston has fully committed to this three-point revolution that the Hornets uh, that the NBA is going through right now and they're doing it very effectively. The Hornets are still, you know, trying to feed Dwight Howard and they're not hitting their shots, not hitting open shots, not really running enough pick and roll or ball movement to get open shots from beyond the arc. And and you saw it in this one. What was the final tally from beyond the arc? Four of 21, 19% from three for the Charlotte Hornets. Just absolutely not going to cut it. The uniforms were stuck in the 1990s and the offense for the Charlotte Hornets stuck in the 1990s. And look, Howard played well. Howard played well. Final one for for Howard was 26 points, 18 rebounds. Can't ask for much more from Dwight, but I think the question is, are they asking too much of Dwight Howard? Are they, are they feeding Dwight Howard too much instead of taking three-point shots? That's, I think that's a legitimate question for an offense that only attempts 21 three-pointers in today's modern NBA. All right, holiday cash, you need it, and I know where to get it. My bookie is the place to score serious cash on your sports predictions. You know what the holidays mean, right? Parties, gifts, spending. It also means there's a lot of football, basketball, and hockey games that you can score big on every day. And you got to play where the pros play on mybookie.ag. You can play the money line, side or total, MyBookie is your hookup for all of your betting needs and offers super fast payouts when you win. Let me let you in on a little secret. Where you're betting at is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I always tell people to go to my favorite betting site, MyBookie.ag. MyBookie has been in the business for years. Their reputation is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses. So off the bat, you're making money for doing nothing And they have the fastest payout. Seriously, you can get your winnings in just two business days. And they have a new mobile site that makes wagering on the go super easy. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to a 50% bonus 
but you have to use our promo code locked on NBA. That's locked on NBA to activate the offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Uh, so I was just I was just musing, David, on how different the two offenses looked between Charlotte and Houston, and how Houston is moving in a direction that you're seeing the best teams move towards in terms of. You know, not taking mid-range shots, only exclusively taking shots from beyond the arc, getting out into transition, getting easy looks from there. And then also, um, you look at Clint Capella versus Dwight Howard. Clint Capella is averaging – their games are similar, right? They're exclusively interior offensive players who off, also offer you interior defense. But Clint Capella, 24 minutes per game this season – 17% usage, and then you have Dwight Howard getting 30 minutes per game, and his usage almost the, the most on the team, 24.9% for Dwight Howard. And you're just seeing two offensive philosophies, one that's resulted in, in a 22-4 and four record, best record in the NBA, and another that I think is a big part of the Hornets' 10-17 and 17 record. Yeah, Capella's got shooters around him, as you've mentioned, too. So That helps. He did, yeah, that certainly covered up a lot of issues, which you said the other day as well. I mean, Howard, you know, had a good game. He's playing well, but they're just – it's a little too much usage. And especially if you're going to hit – well, they end up hitting four threes. But, I mean, basically they hit one three during the portion of the game that was actually, you know – real um and you could debate how long that happened but i think they had a couple late threes by monk but yeah man uh it's just too much dependence on dwight howard too much going through him and just absolutely not enough help from anywhere else i mean hubie again the master hubie last night during the broadcast said they basically needed nick batum jeremy lamb frank kaminsky all to have big games on top of howard and kemba having their usual solid games and you know one of those things happened. Basically, Kemba had a couple of nice moments, but it was it was all Dwight Howard, and that's probably not going to make it happen uh, in today's game. Kemba Walker, one of six from beyond the arc. Nick Batum, one of five in 34 minutes of play, four of ten from the field for Nick Batum, nine points, nine rebounds, three assists, and three turnovers. David, I, I you know, he obviously spoken out about the the elbow injury limiting mm-hmm. him not allowing him to play his game. But, I mean, they, they can't get nine points in 34 minutes and one of five shooting from beyond the arc from Nick Batum. And nine rebounds. And nine rebounds. While Jeremy Lamb goes back to the bench and scores nine points, two of seven from the field, oh of one from beyond the arc. And Jeremy Lamb, when he went back to the bench, seemed to kind of regain his uh, hero ball, you know, backing guys down, taking – turnaround jump shots, setting up his own ISO play, uh, and not doing the things that, that the offense needs. Uh, not to, seeing guys either. Not Yeah, right? exactly. Not moving the basketball. So I just think there's a big question. If, if Nick Batum's not healthy enough, he was doubtful for a while and then, and then upgraded to probable on game day and then played and then scored nine points in 34 minutes and couldn't hit outside shots, suddenly there's a question about wh- whether – if Nick Batum's not healthy enough to give you what you need offensively, then maybe don't play him. He's clearly hurt, man. You could see him even kicking his legs out on some of those early jumpers. Like his legs aren't even underneath him at this point. And the elbows certainly bother him. Yeah, he had a couple shots late, but 
Uh, I mean, they got to look at something, Doug. What else are they going to do at this point? We've seen what they've had. You thought Lamb could sustain some of that play. And early on he did, but over the last little stretch here, he's really dropped off, especially from three. And that second unit is a effing disaster. I don't know if anything's going to solve that. Maybe you have to just do whatever you can to make it passable. It, it, whatever, whoever's on there, the ball movement sucks. They, they, they don't do anything effectively. They can't stop anyone. So, I mean, I really don't see the point in, in pretending it's a defensive effort out there. I don't know what you do, but maybe you look at putting Batum with the second unit a little more, give Lamb a few more minutes with the starters. And you don't have to do it. You don't have to start him, right? I mean, you can make that switch or you can play him more with the starters as the game goes on, I guess. But, man, it's tough. It's, it's tough. You don't, want to, you don't want to overreact too much, again, about losing a, a double-digit basketball game to a team in the Houston Rockets yeah. that is playing the best basketball in the NBA, right? But at the same time... What worries me from this game is that it, it shined a light on what I think are, are systemic problems with their ability to create the kind of shots offensively that lead uh, to, uh, to, to really good looks and, and, and makes. And you know some of this comes down to make or miss, too. Look, I mean, you know, Kimba yeah. Walker uh, did For not shots. make his three-point shots as well. Uh, so uh, Frank Kaminsky, Marvin Williams, 0 of three, and he's been effective. So you have they to play. Be. You have yeah, to play great sorry. offense against great offensive teams. They couldn't be more wide open on some of these shots, Doug. Especially NBA wide open. I mean, these are open shots. At some point, somebody's got to hit one. It doesn't matter, you know, what's being drawn up or what <laughs> what results in them getting those looks or, or who's out there. Like these are open looks for a lot of these guys. They're in the NBA, um, and they just don't hit them consistently enough. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, same thing I said after the Warriors game. It amplifies exactly who they are. Um, they can mask some of it against lesser opponents, but against these high-throttle, high-powered offenses, they don't stand a chance. I just got done doing a hit on the wake-up call on ESPN 730, oh. and they asked me, my, my guys, BMW, Bobby, Molly, and Walker, and uh, they asked me about Donovan Mitchell and how it felt to, to watch this guy uh, that the Hornets had an opportunity to draft in Utah and uh, 17.8 points per game. But look at those minutes, David. I'm putting it up on the screen now. I don't know if you can see it or not. But in the past three games, uh, 37 minutes, 37 minutes, 35 minutes. And uh, uh, last night against – and all, by the way, four straight losses for the Utah Jazz. Uh, but he's getting big minutes and a lot of shots. 26 field goal attempts in uh, last night's game against Chicago, 32 points, one of seven from beyond the arc. So there's good and there's bad with Donovan Mitchell. But, I mean, when you see that, it makes you want to play. When you see 17.8 points per game, when you see all of the steals that he's racking up, it makes you want to play the play a little bit of the sad music. 32, 32, point, 32 points against the, the Bulls last night. Yeah, and we love Donovan. I mean, that's the one guy in the last uh, 25 years that I can really hang my hat on saying this guy's going to be good in the NBA, and he, he is now. Not usually my strong suit, but we fell in love with Donovan through the draft process, and I felt surely that he was going to land here in Charlotte, and when Malik Monk fell, you know, that was that was the pick, and I was thrilled with that. There are a couple of things you mentioned. They're feeding him the ball. They lost Gordon Hayward. 
they are telling him you have to be the guy, you have to do it. He's doing it. <laughs> I think he's doing it at a level that no one could have predicted on the offensive end, though, to be honest with you. Like that was he he was in charge of the offense at times at Louisville, but in no way did they think he was gonna be able to shoot this well, um, score this well in the NBA. The defense is probably gonna be there. But he's doing things I don't think anyone expected him to do this soon. So kudos to Donovan Mitchell. I look forward to watching him, you know, as he goes along. Thank goodness he's in the West, I guess. All right, David, let's update everyone on the draft.com challenge that we did yesterday. It was uh, Hornets and Rockets only, except for the last pick. And uh, you won. 201-166. I can't win these things. I, I'm telling you, no, man. You're you making – you're taking my money. You know why? Why? Because cheating never pays. I'm just kidding. I'm well, just it didn't. Kidding, it guys. didn't in this one. Even though Giannis <laughs> played very well, uh, I just yeah. I picked. I picked Lamb. Uh, Lamb had a disappointing game. Moving back to the bench, that was probably a mistake. Well, I, I didn't think that. I thought Lamb was going to start. So that right, yeah. I got a little Tricky. got a little ahead of myself there. And then Ryan Anderson continued uh, his um, sort of slump that he's in over the past couple of games. And uh, Clint Capella had a decent game. James Harden, 40 points there for me. But, yeah, I lose the Draft.com challenge. If you want to play with us, make sure you go to Draft.com and sign up today and uh, download the Draft app on iTunes, Android, whatever you use. Just uh, search hey, Doug, Draft. Yeah. One guy that may have helped either one of us, I think, uh, is uh, MKG. So he played pretty well on offense and defense last night. Second straight you know, pretty good offensive performance. It's encouraging to see. That's all. <laughs> well, hey, listen, I, I, mean, I don't know, no, but that, that's the thing, David. That's the know? thing. It, it's 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 a difficult thing to talk about because Michael Kidd Gilchrist, eight of twelve from the field, eighteen points. Dwight Howard, twenty six points, nine of twenty from the field, eight of eleven from the free throw line. He's even hitting his free throws. So you look at those numbers and you go, hey, how are you going to criticize? two players that were scoring efficiently and scoring well. And the answer is you're not going to criticize the individual players, but you you have to criticize the scheme, the plan that is uh, that is allowing Dwight Howard and Michael Kidd Gilchrist to get 32 shots in this game and to attempt zero three-pointers. It's just a cold, hard reality of where the NBA is, and you put you put those shots up against the shots that that James Harden and Chris Paul and Ryan Anderson and Luke Mbamute before he got hurt and Trevor Ariza were taking, and you lose. Yeah, you definitely lose, and they definitely lost last night. Uh, do you take any solace in seeing those two guys do things that you say those guys have to play like this for this team to be successful. Well, yeah, I mean it's it's a yes and thing, right? Like yes, if they play like that and right, the the right. Hornets shooters all shoot well, then the Hornets probably win that basketball game. But at the same time, they're not always going to be that effective. I will say for Michael Kidd Gilchrist's sake, his defense has improved dramatically yeah. year over year. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Dwight so, Howard is is inside the paint and it allows Michael Kidd Gilchrist to be more effective. But I was looking at his synergy numbers last night, and he is in nearing the 75th percentile in terms of points per possession allowed. That's very, very good. And last season, he was in the 18th percentile. 
So he's playing a lot better defensively. That's encouraging. Uh, Dwight Howard is playing well offensively. That's encouraging. But when when those things are happening and the Hornets are not shooting well from beyond the arc, and I'm not sure that those two things aren't linked. That's the problem. Like, I'm not sure that 20 I mean, attempts by Howard – uh... I'm not sure that 20 attempts by Howard and – a lot of attempts from beyond the arc can both happen at the same time. I'm just not sure that happens. I think it's well, a legitimate threes, question to ask. How many threes did they shoot last night? 20 21. 21. And how many did they hit? Quattro. <laughs> so, I mean, look, yeah, they got to shoot more threes, but who gives a damn if they shoot more threes if they don't make any? I mean, two of those were by Malik that. Monk late in the game. So those oh, were, it I was know. really it was really two makes two legitimate makes and non garbage time. Yeah, um, I mean, you said it last night. Would you kick it back out? <laughs> <laughs> Would you give it back to them? Yeah, it's tough. No, yeah, no. I'm not blaming Dwight Howard for taking 20 right, shots. No. Yeah, that that they you know Silas said after the game that they were that they didn't shoot a lot of threes because they were feeding Dwight Howard who was playing effective. He's like the one. You know, Dwight Howard and MKG were the two guys that you could count on for a bucket. It's just tough when you're playing a team that's shooting the best from from beyond the arc of maybe any team in history. And again, I want to say it for the thousandth time, that's why you don't you don't take a lot from this game, but you do okay. take a little bit of concern that this Hornets offense does not resemble an offense that and I'll say this too. Last two seasons, the Hornets have been top 10 in three-point attempts, according to Cleaning the Glass. Mm -hmm. So it's not as if this has been the Hornets' M.O. in the Clifford era. No, this has been a dramatic shift away from the three-point line and more towards getting to the line, getting to the free-throw line, and getting looks for Dwight Howard in the interior. And they just have not done a great job of balancing those two things. And so, yeah. Well, and I was going to say, I mean, at least the defense is starting to come around. I mean, that's, that's the one thing that you can kind of hang your hat on in the future and say, well, the Hornets have a chance at maybe turning this thing around is that the defense is not collapsing, uh, but they got to get back on transition defense. I mean, they've got to figure that out. They can't lose these. See, it was, look, Houston was always going to win this game, but this same kind of transition defense cost them against Los Angeles. So as they look ahead to Miami mm-hmm. and Portland and the rest of this four-game homestand, they have to they have to figure some things out offensively and then stay true to themselves defensively. And that's really kind of my final look ahead as we prepare for Fun Friday. And I prepare to go to Star Wars. I'm excited. It's Star Wars Day. Ooh, right, 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 right. So let me ask you a quick question, though. The gang on, on 730, what was their temperature on this whole thing? Because that's what I was going to in, in In relation to, like, what you said, this is the Houston Rockets. You know, they're not going to win this game. Uh, they're not going to win a seven-game series against the Rockets. So, like, you don't want to – and there's still some things to look forward to. I think the schedule certainly gets a lot better. Um, if their defense can round in a form, maybe they're not, you know, used to playing with the White Howard in an effective way. Maybe they won't get there, but I'm just saying maybe, you know, that does improve. But it feels like the outlook is the sky is not only falling, it's 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 crushed us. Yeah, again, I think that's that's the kind of that's the kind of thing you think after seeing Houston 
this team that's going to be competing for an NBA championship playing against the Charlotte Hornets that I think yeah. at this point is fair to say, David, they will not be competing for an NBA championship. I think we can put that we can put that on the books for this season. But not if they started today, no, no. <laughs> if the playoffs started today, uh, no. So look, the, the the Hornets have I think some issues to work out. These and you know they seemingly got them worked out against Oklahoma City. They were they played well in the well, fourth quarter. They shook some of those demons. They were shooting the ball effectively issues. from outside. And then it's a lot like I just went to Top Golf uh, here in Charlotte, and I was, I was hitting the ball very well. You know, hitting the targets, uh-huh. getting the ball up in the air. But I know in the back of my mind, when I go out on the course, it's not going to be the same. It's a whole different level of play, and you know, that's that's the thing. When you play a team in Oklahoma City that is sort of falling apart mentally. Uh, and uh, can tend to take nights off on the defensive end, then some things start to open up for you, and then you play the Houston Rockets, and they play well on both ends of the floor, and they can run Chris Paul, uh, uh, a Hall of Famer, James Harden, Hall of Famer. They can run those guys out uh, one, both. It doesn't matter. They're going to dominate the floor when they're on the floor, and the Hornets you know, go to their second unit. They go to their full second unit, <laughs> and and that's not good. And and Michael no. Carter Williams, uh, twenty one minute or excuse me, only God thirteen minutes of play in this one. Zero of two from the field, three assists, five rebounds, no points. Good Backup Lord. point guard oh. not good enough right now. No, God so, bless him. Um, yeah, it's a struggle. It's 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 a big time struggle. Uh, Chris Paul, man, it's just unbelievable to watch him keep it. I'm glad he. I'm glad he. He wasn't gonna, like going to limp off into the into the sunset or something. Like I'm glad he's healthy and back, and he was able to torch the horns last night. <laughs> like, uh, but that was just they stood no chance. Uh, they stood no chance on that one, Doug. Um, it's funny because you saw some of the OKC write ups after that game, and it was like very similar to what we've seen from the Hornets prior to that. It's not time to panic. Dot 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 yet, but. They have issues, uh, so the Hornets definitely got a win in that game, which was good. But that team is just a total mess. Uh, the Hornets, I, I do think, are, are closer to rounding back into form, at least of what they could be on a positive slope. And with the Trailblazers coming into town, and like I said, the schedule does lighten up a little bit. They've got some things to improve. And let's not forget Steve Clifford's not there. Uh, Dwight mentioned during the game last night that when he comes back, you know, he thinks the team will be better. We'll see. But, uh, man, yeah, I don't know how much more we can break down that Houston game because, like you said, it's just a different level. It's just a different different plane of, of team. All right, so uh, we're going to be back tomorrow for Fun Friday. We will preview Friday night's game against Miami at home and then Saturday night's game against the Portland Trailblazers. By the way, you still have a chance to win uh, fourth-row seats to that yes. Portland Trailblazers game. Go to at DiscoveringCLT on Instagram and uh, there are rules for entry on there, so get a chance to win uh, floor seats, essentially, fourth-row seats, to see the Portland Trailblazers take on uh, your Charlotte Hornets. All right, that'll do it for us here on this edition of Locked on Hornets. Enjoy Star Wars Day. I know I am. I'm going to stay off Twitter, stay away from the spoilers. Thanks so much for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Locked on Hornets. Follow us on Instagram at Locked On Hornets and send us your Hornets questions and thoughts to buzzbuzz at lockedonhornets.com. Join us live on Twitter. Join us live on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Locked On Hornets mornings at 8 o'clock a.m. I'm Doug Branson. He's David Walker. Thanks so much for listening. Go Hornets. 
Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte.